0: Thanks, guys. We're going to return to these verses later, these, several, these three different, very different sections. Not so different, but slightly different sections of Scripture we read this morning. But I want to come back to this definition we've been working from every single week. Okay, you should know it pretty well by now, this idea of abide. And we're going to allow, allow to read it one more time. Together as a church, abide one, two, three, continually trusting Jesus to be everything you need. And as I've sat with this scripture, and as we've sat with this scripture for about 10 weeks now, I hope this is becoming more and more clear to you. But if it has not become more clear to you, I want to offer up one more suggestion as a way to see this actively happening in your life. And I don't want to take much credit for this. This is actually a metaphor, uh, kind of a symbolic metaphor that I've, that I've had from a class that I'm taking right now through my Lipscomb uh, post-grad stuff, and there's two insects we're going to talk about this morning. The bee and the butterfly. And I just want to ask Meredith, is this the sign language for butterfly? Is this it? So Napoleon Dynamite was right. All right, fantastic. For all my millennials out there. All right, fantastic. Okay, I just want to make sure that was, a, that was a thing. So we're going to be talking about the bee and the butterfly this morning. So when we think about these insects You might have very different visceral reactions to them, right? For some of you in here, you even see the image of the bee and your heart rate might start to get a little bit faster. Some of us might be very allergic to this insect. Even as I think about this, I think about the buzzing sound that you might hear and the reaction you might have to that buzzing sound, right? You might be swatting away. I remember one time when I was a kid, there was a bee in the car. And in in my mind, you swat at bees or you swat at insects And my mom freaked out. She's like, don't swat at the bee. It's going to want to sting you even more. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if bees are vindictive like that. They seem to be that way sometimes. Bees have stingers, right? They sting you and then they die. They are this kind of malicious animal that's doing whatever they can do to harm you even if it kills them. Very, very scary insect, right? Buzzing around. They got the little antennas. Don't like them. Now compare that to the butterfly. The butterfly is beautiful, right? The butterfly, you, you look at this and you're immediately kind of awestruck at the creation that God has made, right? The beautiful colors, this is, a, I believe, a monarch butterfly, but there's even more colorful patterns that these butterflies can come in, right? And they just flutter around. They're fluttering around. They, they just happen to go from, from, uh, from flower to flower, you, you have images, I know, from cartoons where a, a butterfly lands on a kid's nose. You know, oh, that's beautiful. The butterflies on the kid's nose. You wouldn't want a bee on the kid's nose. Two very, very different insects. And when I think about the bee and the butterfly, I want you to think this morning not only of just the insects themselves, but I want you to think of the insects as people. Okay, think about the bee for a second. Sometimes we want to refer to the bee as a busy bee. And I I kind of stopped myself this morning. I actually prayed a prayer that was wrong. The the context that I'm going to be talking about busy this morning. I prayed thanks to God that we are busy as a church. But sometimes busyness is not a great thing, right? If you're called a busy bee, that's not really an attribute that you want to be telling people about, right? That just kind of assumes that you might be a little bit nosy. That you might be just busying yourself with tasks and you're kind of just too much for people to be around, right? Do you know people like this? Yes, everybody knows a busy bee in their life. Buzzing around, maybe a little bit annoying, maybe a little bit obnoxious, maybe worried that they're going to eventually sting you one day. I don't know. But we all know busy bees. And kind of compare that to a butterfly. I don't know if you know a butterfly person, but I just imagine a very free spirit. Someone who's kind of going about their life and kind of just existing and allowing the world to happen around them. Two very different insects, two very different interpretations. But they're, they're almost like the opposites of each other, but there's a lot of similarities at the very same time. Both of these insects are very, very important to their ecosystems, right? If you would really think about it, both these insects, they pollinate and they allow the ecosystems to flourish. They're able to, to fly around with these tiny wings. That's a similarity as well. They're both... Insects I don't particularly want in my house, right? I don't really want bugs in my house, ever. Actually, yesterday we were doing yard work and Malin found a little chrysalis outside our house, uh, in one of the plants that we have, the many plants around our house. There's a butterfly there, that's pretty cool. But they're both insects I don't particularly want inside. Um, there's a lot of similarities, we could probably break down even more. I'm not a bug expert. At my last church, there was a guy who's actually had a PhD in bugs, so I could, ask, I could have asked him to talk in my place for this, but he does, he's not here. Uh, but beyond that, um, I want to think about this not just as bugs, not just as people, but the way that we kind of experience the world around us. The way that we experience God's spirit working through us and around us. For me, sometimes I struggle with busy bee tendencies. Anybody else? You can just nod your heads. You don't have to raise your hand this morning. Busy bee tendencies. What I mean by that is like what I said before, these moments where I'm kind of just going from place to place, just doing things for the sake of doing things, and it drives my wife crazy. Absolutely crazy. I'm never content with my busyness or my lack of busyness. And I want to be vulnerable with you. We've had some great testimonies throughout this entire series, and I'm so, so thankful for everybody who shared in in those testimonies, those opportunities to share where God is moving you in your life. But I want to share a little bit about my bee tendencies, my busy bee tendencies throughout my life with you this morning. So being a busy bee, uh, as a child, I kind of found that it was more um, opportunistic for me to be doing something rather than me not to be doing something in my house, okay? Um, Not to share all of my family details, but I didn't like being home ever, Uh, The moment I got my license was probably the moment I only slept at my house, and that's just about it. I wanted to be away from my house. I did not want to be around my parents, so I I found ways to be busy. I played golf year-round for the golf team. I played in tour events all around Florida almost every other weekend. I was busy doing that. I played other sports with my friends, playing pick-up basketball, playing pick-up anything to get out of the house. Uh, I found myself investing in clubs at school, doing whatever it was that we happened to be doing that week. I didn't care what it was. Beach cleanup, sure, sign me up. Uh, Habitat for Humanity, sign me up. Just get me out of my house. And then I eventually found the youth group, which is an amazing thing for me to find. Um, There was a youth group, about 20, 30 kids, that I just found, oh, man, these kids actually make me want to be better and be a better human being. I got baptized when I was 16. Hooray, fantastic, new group of friends, new outlook on life. And guess what? More things to keep me busy. Uh, the youth group was super, super busy. We were doing, you know, we would do singing nights. We'd do devos. We'd do service projects. We'd do, just hang out with each other. We would go bring peanut butter sandwiches to homeless people in the park and get screamed at by those same homeless people. They'd be chasing us out of the park. Uh, we'd be doing these uh, service projects wherever we could find, just being busy and busy and busy. And guess what? I was rewarded for my busyness. Hats on the back. Good job, Jimmy. You did a good thing here. So now, not only was my busyness serving a, a, a purpose, getting me out of the house, it was now rewarding me for my efforts, and it felt really good to be busy doing things and for people to see me doing things. So I go from the youth group, and I eventually go over to Harding University, where, yet again more opportunities for me to be busy. I was involved in clubs, uh, 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 team sports, service projects associated with those things. I was in the Bible department. I was having to go preach sermons in other churches. And guess what? All the while, I'm finding ways to be busy, busy, busy in order for people to see me being busy, busy, busy. And Jimmy keeps getting rewarded for it. Pat's in the back. You're doing such a good job. Thank you. You're doing such a good job. You are a good person, Jimmy. Thank you. And so I get through Harding and I eventually get my first youth ministry job and guess what Jimmy wants to still continue to be? Busy. I want to do things in order to do things. I want to be at these events. I want to be seen being at these events because the more busy I am, the more people think that I'm valuable and worthwhile. The more busy I am, it means that I care that much more. And I'm being vulnerable with you this morning, and I'm not saying it was all for this dark side, but there's this sense in the back of my head that says, Jimmy, you're not valuable unless you are busy and doing something. And that's a really, really bad place to be going towards. You are not valuable unless you are going and doing something. Jimmy, if you take a day off, and if you just lie around with your family, you're useless. That's what I keep telling myself. And maybe you've had a similar narrative running in your mind as well. You are useless if you do not do blank. But thankfully, I'm married to somebody who helps me question my motives all the time. Why, Jimmy? Why are you doing this? Uh, I drive her absolutely crazy on a day off. Because I I have these grand schemes where it's like, Well, if we're not doing this, then we're not the family we ought to be. If my kids are not in this program, then they're going to be failures in life. If I'm not doing this, I'm going to become stupid or or slothful or, or whatever it might be. Fill in the blank. My mind goes to the absolute extreme worst if I'm not doing that exact thing at this exact time. You are useless, Jimmy, if you're not doing this. That's like satanic, I believe. That narrative that's running back, Jimmy, you are useless if you are not doing this, if you are not seen to be busy doing ministry or whatever it might be that day. Busyness is a trap. Um, I want to be very clear this morning that you're thinking, well, does Jimmy always do this? Absolutely not, okay? I genuinely like to be doing ministry. I genuinely like to do these things. What I'm trying to get at is that Satan is able to use even the most good of intentions for his intentions at times, right? He's able to twist the things that we're doing with a pure heart and say, but actually, let's make it about you instead. We have the tendencies to make things about us more often than we'd like to admit. We look around the room and say, oh, everybody's looking at me. Guess what? Nobody cares about you most of the time. But we want to think everybody's looking at us. We want to think everybody's thinking about us. But really, they're thinking about themselves too. They're not thinking about you. But Satan is able to use these things, even ministry tasks like feeding the homeless or going to the sporting event or doing whatever it might be and say, hey, let's make this all about you and your busyness. Because people like that when you do that. That's the B, the busy B tendency that I've leaned into for a very long time. The good jobs, the pats on the back, you're doing such a great job, man. Sometimes I feel like George Costanza, right, when he's working for the Yankees, and he says, as long as I look mad or upset, people leave me alone because they think I'm busy. Right? I feel like that sometimes, where it's like, I just want to seem like I'm doing a good job. But that is Satan twisting and distorting the things that I really want to do for God, and I end up doing it for myself, and that's not what God is calling us to do and be about, right? I need to get, make some noise if you're with me, please. This morning, I need—I'm I'm, telling—I'm telling you guys things, okay? And I, I promise I don't do just these things just for show. But I, what I'm trying to share with you this morning is that Satan has the ability to take the most pure of intentions and make them not so pure. The bee and the butterfly—we've seen the bee, how the bee works, and. We've, we've seen how it worked in my life, but I want to live more like the butterfly, okay? If you, if you see these two insects around on a windy day, windy day they're going to be blown around pretty much the same. They're weightless, essentially, right? But when you look at the butterfly, there seems to be this way that they're chaotically going around the wind, fluttering about, but getting from place to place nonetheless, right? Especially monarch butterflies. My little research on monarchs is that they are able to migrate like 3,000 miles. That's pretty cool. They only do it once in their life cycle. But that is still a very long time. But if you look at the butterfly, it's not like they're a jet engine going straight from one destination or one place to their destination, right? They are flapping their wings and they're getting around. And guess what they're doing? They're harnessing the power of the wind. They're able to take whatever the wind is giving them and fly along with it. Whereas I see the bee is kind of buzzing around and being frantic and doing all these things, I see the butterfly as being pushed by the wind, harnessing its power and allowing the wind to guide it where it needs to go, up to 3,000 miles away. And so my question this morning is, how can my spiritual life be less like the bee and more like the butterfly? How can my spiritual life be less like the busy bee doing things for the sake of doing them and more like the butterfly allowing God's Spirit, allowing the wind to guide and direct them where it ought to be going in the first place? I want to live my life more like the butterfly, going from place to place, harnessing the power of the Spirit, and allowing that to carry me through. This morning, we read three different stories here that I think highlight the differences. That hopefully you can see in your life as well. When it comes to Moses, this guy has crazy dual personality, or dual identities working, right? He's, a, he's a, an Israelite being brought up in Pharaoh's house, and he tries to intercede on behalf of his brother, but ends up doing the exact wrong thing, right? And then from that place, he runs to the wilderness, and he's there for a very long time. Eventually, he gets to a place where God calls him in the wilderness. But I want to kind of put this out there. I don't think Moses would have ever been able to see that burning bush had it not been for that moment of time in the wilderness, right? He would not have been able to see God working had he not stopped trying to be something other than what God has called him to be. It was in that wilderness time where he learned to be more like the butterfly, be able to notice where God is actually moving in his life. And from there he responds. And we know that Moses was not perfect at all. But from that point, he was able to have that butterfly mentality and say, God, I am going to go where you guide me to go. And I'm going to do so by your spirit. We look at the life of Paul. Right before he has this incredible experience with Jesus, he's out here persecuting Christians left and right. He is going from town to town looking for people to persecute. He's all about this. He thinks he's doing it for God and he has all these things, all these things going for him and then eventually everything stops and he does something completely different. Now he's blinded, and he's taken and he has this experience where now he's going to be doing the exact opposite of what he was doing. It's in that moment where he stops being this busy bee going from town to town doing what he thinks is the right thing and God says No. I'm going to show you the right thing. Rely on my spirit. And we know from the life of Paul that over and over and over again, his submission to God is what guides him through all of his ministry. And lastly, we have have Mary and Martha. We have Mary and Martha where we have these sisters who, uh, this story might be too familiar to some of us, right? I just want to look at this last part here. In Luke chapter 10, verse 41, this is Jesus' response to, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. It's this sense that Mary knows that to be in His presence is to be abiding in His Spirit. Whereas Martha is literally this busy bee Doing, 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 doing for the sake of doing. And Mary is just sitting at his feet doing what is actually called for by Jesus in that moment. You might be thinking, okay, Jimmy, you've given us some great examples here, but this doesn't really help me. You're asking me to be a butterfly. (laughs) You're asking me not to be a bee. What I'm asking you to do is to think how this is going to look specifically in your life. If you're saying, well, Jimmy, are you just saying just to stop doing things? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, Jesus says the exact opposite this entire time we've been reading this. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Again, I use the NIV on accident. This is our abide series, not a remain series. But I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me. And I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What Jesus is saying here is, as long as you abide in me, I'm going to make sure you have something to do. You hear that? As long as you abide in me, I'm going to make sure there is something for you to do. And in me, you're able to bear much fruit. The busy bee tendencies, you're not bearing much at all. You might be getting some attaboys, some pats from the back, but it's not going to amount to very much in your life. But if you abide in me, if you remain in me and I in you, I'm going to make sure there's something for you to do. So my question this morning is how do we get there? How can I abide in Jesus more? How can I live into this butterfly mentality that you're putting forth? I think the first thing is to check your B tendencies, your busy B tendencies. For me, like I said, I'm very thankful that my wife allows me To ask these silly questions over and over and over again. And sometimes I don't ask them. She tells me. Right? Jimmy, just stop. You're driving me crazy, man. I think it's super, super important to have a friend that's able to do that for you. Why are you doing this? It might be a very, very good thing. You might be at every single volunteer opportunity this church has to offer. Great thing. We need more volunteers. I'm not saying don't volunteer. But it's just as important to ask yourself, "Why am I volunteering?" Has Jimmy made me feel bad, maybe a little bit. That's okay. That part's okay. No, I was kidding. Um, but why are you doing this? Are you doing it just to say that you're doing it, or are you doing it to say, "You know what? I'm going to lean into this so that maybe I can be more n- nourished by the spirit that Jesus is giving us here in this, in this section of Scripture here." This is John 15. Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. So check your bee tendencies, your busy bee tendencies, and ask a friend. And the second thing is delight in your butterfly moments. Really what I'm trying to say is give Jesus more credit in your life. When you're going, and I'm also going to be vulnerable here with you as well. A lot of times after I preach, people say, good job, and that's fine. Um, But I never, ever want you guys to think that I think I'm some great person. Speaker or that I'm some great, you know, communicator, which I'm not. Um, What I like to do in those moments, I do say thank you, but I'm really trying to put my heart to saying, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to have this space here, right? And that's an internal thing because there there can sometimes be some false humility. I've heard this before, where someone says, "Good job," they're like, "Oh, to God be the glory," and all these things, and I'm like, "Dude, relax a little bit, okay?" Because sometimes that could even be a busy bee tendency, right? Even when we're trying to deflect to Jesus, sometimes a busy bee tendency. But really, I think it's just a continual asking where is Jesus acting in my life, and how can I give him the most credit in the most appropriate way possible? How can I defer to Jesus more and less to myself being the good guy in the story? How can I allow Jesus to, to infiltrate those barriers that we put up, those busy bee barriers in our lives? and be more like the butterfly who is literally floating about, being guided and directed by the wind at all times? How can we have that same mentality, being guided and directed by Jesus' spirit at all times, not doing what we will, but what he wills in our lives? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this day, and God, I really thank you for this John 15 series where we're able to ask ourselves the questions, how can I abide in you more? How can I continuously abide. God, I pray that this this metaphor between the bee and the butterfly uh, kind of connects. It it connects so deeply with me. Where I see myself as the busy bee often, where I see myself as looking for those um, outward kind of, you know, rewards sometimes, rather than what the butterfly is seeking to do is just to be led by the Spirit, led by the wind. God, help us to be led by your Spirit rather than leading some, some form of the spirit that we think we can conjure up in our minds. God, we, we, we sincerely want to be led by you. Help us to abide in your spirit. Help us to continuously abide to your will. So do something. pray. Amen. This morning, we want to offer an invitation. We want to offer an opportunity. If, if you're like me and you say, you know what? Sometimes I just am busy for the sake of being busy. Sometimes I just do things because I think I should. I'm not saying all those things are bad, because I think there is a part of us that needs to just do things at times. But I do want us to sincerely ask ourselves, why am I doing what I do? Why am I doing what I am doing? How can I rely more on your spirit? How can I be guided more by your spirit every single day? If you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, ideas about how you can do this better in your life, we want to hear them. We want to offer you to talk to somebody today while we stand and sing.